Welcome to Innovation Destination, the podcast channel for supply chain industry professionals. This episode is part of our Executive Perspective series, where we will hear from the C-suite of the electronics and manufacturing industry. Here's your host, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Connect, Tyler Fussner. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Tyler. I appreciate it. If you could please introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your company. Um, I'm Mark Barnhill. I'm the CEO of Smith and Associates. We're uh, the world's leading independent distributor of semiconductors. I've been with the company for almost 34 years and have been in charge of most of the sales efforts for the majority of that time. And I was recently promoted this summer into the CEO role, which I'm very excited about. Well, congratulations on your promotion. I also I think understand- it's more of a lifetime achievement award, Tyler. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, I also understand that Smith is coming up on its 40th anniversary. And it is early next year. We're going to celebrate. I think in May, early May, we'll have our 40th anniversary. I've been here for most of that time. It's funny when you look back how quickly that time passes. You know, I met Bob and Lee after the owners of Smith in uh, the fall of 1989. So obviously I must have met him when I was four years old because I mean, I can't be that old, can I? Um, but uh, it's funny. We were a small company. We had one office and um, I think I was the 12th employee. And in my second year, um, I think we did 11 million in sales. And last year we did 4.8 billion in sales. So it's been quite a journey. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, and having those decades of experience in the industry must have taught so many lessons. And, you know, after this industry has recently gone through such a turbulent cycle with the COVID pandemic, can you kind of look back over the last 40 years and, and kind of soak it all in? Tell me what are the lessons learned through all these various cycles that must have taken place? It's funny, you know, when you're going through this journey, sometimes it's right in front of you and you don't see it. But, you know, the one thing that we've had, the good fortune is to have Bob and Lee accurately, our owners, who were always in it for the long haul. You know, you know, when you're a young kid in your 20s, it's just a job. You know, no one's thinking career. We're, we're just thinking, are we going to show up and get paid? And Bob and Lee were always thinking about long-term relationships with customers. And as we went through, you know, I've been probably through 15 plus different shortage situations. And we came out of those shortages always more prepared to regroup and rebuild and get better. And it's really funny because 2021 and 2022 were obviously the most chaotic time I've ever seen in the electronic supply chain. And yet here we were, we came out of it because of our 40 years of experience as clean as we've ever come out of it. We came out of it with new customers. We came out of it with very little inventory issues and we came out of it the most cap- highly capitalized we've ever been. And right now we're kind of, as the market settled, we're in a reset currently. We had an Elevate Summit earlier this year and we're behind the scenes doing everything we can to improve our company and to make Smith ready for the next wave of business, which we know is coming because, you know, uh, no one ever knows when it's coming. We just know it's coming. And because um, it all, there's always disruption in the supply chain. It's not perfect. You know, we, we feel very confident. I mean, as we, we understand some of our competitors are currently laying people off and shuttering offices. And we're currently hiring and opening offices because that's how confident we feel about Smith and our future. And having that experience that you kind of touched on a lean, you got to lean into that preparation, understanding that you have these cycles are going to happen again, right? This is, this is nothing new. 
but maybe the the last cycle that we did come out of should certainly seem to shake things up. Coming out of that cycle, what were the biggest takeaways uh, for your company, for the industry at large? I guess more specifically, what is different in the industry today that wasn't the case just two years ago or so because of this last cycle? Well, I think a lot of our customers are in the mode of never again. And by never again, I mean never again will I be this unprepared for a situation like this. And so what we're offering to our customers now is the partnership that we've already engaged with, with several of our larger customers, which is let us be there for you for inventory assurance. You know, and by inventory assurance, I mean, don't get caught like this again. Take your biggest high dollar components and let us manage the inventory for you. You know, it's kind of like you don't want to be owning a coastal property with a Category 5 storm out there, right? And and when the Category 5 is forecast, too late to get insurance, right? So by the time you're in an upside down supply chain, it's a little too late to like run in and go, no, 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 we need to be prepared for this. You got to prepare now. And it's a mindset change. And there are some companies that are embracing that mindset change and they're using us and working with us and planning with us and strategizing to make sure they're never caught in the same situation that they were encountered in 2021 and 2022. But, you know, some of these companies are old and established and it's hard to change the mindset there. That's like, this is the way we've done it for 50 years. And, but I mean, any amount that you would be paid to us to manage your inventory would pale in comparison to the drastic overages that were paid in 2021 and 2022. These companies, I mean, I can't imagine what the total overages spent were globally. It has to be in the billions. Yeah, it certainly was something that I think a lot of companies have never seen before, even though, you know, like we have been touching on, there's certainly cycles that have happened in the past, but this seemed unique. You know, in that vein, I'm, I'm curious, how does Smith address these cycles with both their customers and those involved in the supply chain? I know uh, you just mentioned inventory management. Have you made any other recent developments in your offerings or your practices after having come out of 21, 22? Well, it's interesting because, you know, as much as all these companies are in the same sector, they all have their own DNA. They do things differently. So you have to tailor your programs to fit their needs. You know, some companies are very flexible and they're ready to go all in. And some companies are a little more hesitant and they may, they may put a toe in the water and see how that goes. But what we've done is make ourselves available. I mean, Smith is the most highly capitalized we've ever been. And we have the resources to do anything our customers need. And, you know, it's kind of how the company was built. I mean, if you look, especially on the operation side, I mean, everything we do operationally was customer driven. I mean, that's who Smith is in our, at our core. We're a customer driven focused company. And what we try to do is be there and address all of our customers. It's not a one size fits all world and in geos needs are different, you know, and certainly now it's a, there's a lot of um, uncertainty out there, especially between the U S and China. And um, it's, that's providing a lot of people to rethink, you know, the way they're doing business, where they're positioning their inventory and we're trying to be there for them. You know, we recently opened up a warehouse in Singapore because you know, if China does go upside down, obviously having one of our main hubs in Hong Kong might need to 
reposition most of the, our operations to Singapore. Um, and it's just, you know, being out in front on issues, you know, for years, Smith in its infancy was more of a reactive company. We were kind of sitting here waiting on the next shortage and that's just not who we are anymore. I mean, we're out in front. I mean, we're, yes, we know how to perform in a shortage. Don't, don't get me wrong. We didn't do $4.8 billion in sales because we weren't the army waiting on the war. But what we are now is post shortage in a normal economic situation. We're still a very profitable company thriving, you know, because we're not one note. We have a lot of irons in the fire. You know, we have, we have inventory management, we have ITAD solutions, we have, you know, our core business. I mean, we, we break our sales out. Those are the three main ways we look at our sales number every month. And every month, all three of those are generating substantial revenue for Smith. And, um, you know, I'm proud because it, we didn't get there overnight. It took time to build these programs and these relationships. And that, back to my original tenant, which is that's all attributable to Bob and Lee. You know, they were always in it for the long haul. We were always thinking, what are we doing five years from now? What are we, where are we going to be 10 years from now? Where do we want to be 20 years from now? And as an employee of the company, that can be frustrating because sometimes we felt like we were really succeeding and they were always pushing us for more. And it took me a while to really jump in and, and partner with Bob Lee on, on that and, and help, you know, grow the company because you have to always be pushing at Smith. There's no victory laps. It's always next, next, next. What can we do better? You know, how can we improve? What do our customers need? What can we do internally to be better? And, you know, I'm really proud of what we've built, but I'm also very excited. I mean, I think, you know, five years ago, I stood up at a Smith event and told everyone the next five years would be the best five years. And everybody was feeling pretty good about themselves at that point. And they looked at me with like cross-eyed. And I was like, guys, you know, look at us. We've never had this many talented employees. Our global reach has never been better. We have more offices, more talented people. And, you know, our mantra now is, is just to hold on to our people, retain all of the knowledge we have and uh, continue to improve internally and just get ready for the next big run. And, you know, AI, we think is going to be a big driver. The memory market right now appears to be gurgling like there's going to be some shortages in memory. Um, we're starting to see that. We've got some our first substantial orders this week. And so, we're very excited, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see what we can do. I mean, years ago, I'll tell you a funny story. And there was an SSD shortage and hard drive shortage. And, you know, we had our first like $90 million revenue month. And the, the mantra here had always been, can we be a billion dollar company? And I did 90 times 12. And I went, well, if you can do 90 million a month, you can be a billion dollar company. And, you know, people didn't really believe it at the time. And, then we roll, rolled off like, I don't know, three, four, five years in a row of 1.5, 1.6 mid, you know, billion dollar years. And uh, then in 2021, we kind of exploded up. And then last year, 4.8 billion. Now our revenues will be down this year as the market's not as strong, but that's okay because, you know, we have a history of regrouping and resetting after, after the big runs. And then we come back stronger and I don't know what stronger is going to be. I don't know. Maybe we're going to be an $8 billion company in the next run. Maybe we'll be a $10 billion company. But I know this, Bob Lee and I are convinced that sometime in the next decade or so, Smith's going to be a $20 billion company. And, um, and we're doing everything in our power to make that happen. It must be such a rewarding feeling to have that forward-thinking perspective pay off and come to fruition. And uh, you know, it, with your closing statement there, it, it, 
it hasn't gone away. It, it seems like it's been further in, ingrained into the, the company's identity and culture. Well, you know, no one ever wants to go backwards. You know, that's not a good feeling. And right now, even though our sales are now, we don't feel like we're going backwards because we're behind the scenes doing everything we can financially, from an IT perspective, operationally, to make sure that we're the best version of ourselves when the next opportunity arises. I just can't tell you what it's like to wake up almost 34 years in and to be just as excited as you were when you were a little junior buyer. You know, I mean, I started out here buying components. That was my job, you know, get in here and quote parts and buy components. And also, by the way, go grab lunch for everyone, you know? So, but I mean, and now you sit here one day, I laughed with Bob the other day. I was like, of course, this was my plan, Bob. I was going to get hired in 1989. <laughs> and one day we'd be a multi-billion dollar company and I'd be the CEO. No, but you know what? Here's the thing. At Smith, that's the path that's there for everyone. If you come to work at Smith and you give us effort and you show up every day and you pay attention and you just do what's asked of you, you can go from an entry-level buyer position to the CEO. And that's the thing I'm proudest of because, you know, when I moved up like this summer, there was a whole trail of people behind me that moved up because in my previous role, it was kind of like, here's where we are and here's where everyone's at. But once I moved up, a lot of the people on the trading side moved up and, you know, I'm happier for them than I am for me. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the twilight of my career, you know, I'm two, five years. I'm an old man. I mean, if this was video, you'd see how many grades this place has given me, but um, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, We've got so many talented, smart people in this company across the board in every department. And I told Bob when he approached me about becoming CEO, I was already, you know, a little overwhelmed just being chief trading officer. Because when you get when we have these summits and we bring people in from all over the globe and you sit there in the room and you see the knowledge and the intensity and the effort and just the sheer talent that we have internally at this company. To think that you're in any leadership position is 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 intimidating. And then to be told, oh, we're gonna put you in the ultimate leadership position. I told Bob, I didn't, I was a little scared, you know, like, oh, am I even up for this? But you know, Bob is was very confident and Lee was very confident that this was the right move at the right time. And so I took it and you know, I mean, I'm only three months in, but you know, it seems to be going well. It isn't like it's a whole new dynamic. The senior team at Smith has a very close working relationship and uh, not too much of that has changed. We're not here micromanaging people. Everybody knows what the task is and we're all focused on it and we get it done every day. And I think that's been a big differentiator for us is that our people know what to do. I mean, we know when to have fun. We also know when it's time to work, we work. You know, that's kind of just what I've done over my career is kind of just set the tone. You know, somebody's got to set the tone. It's time to work. And now maybe it's time to play, you know, and uh, we know how to do both. We also know how to take care of our customers and we know how to do business correctly and ethically. And that's what I'm most proud of. Listen, I'll pass the torch one day. We've got a, a line of people that are certainly just as capable as me to take my role one day. And if any of them listen to this, don't try to take it too soon. Mark, it seems that Smith is in a great position to be excited about the future. But I know that there are certainly companies that came out of this last turmoil, maybe with some hard lessons learned. And speaking of the preparedness that we had touched on earlier, maybe they've changed their mind. Maybe they want to be prepared now. They have to do something differently. And part of that strategy is looking to Smith and, and partnering with Smith. What does that 
process look like? How does a company engage with you guys? How do you help better prepare them to handle any uncertainties that may come up in the future? Well, first of all, people can spin this business in any way they want, but at the end of the day, it's clearly a relationship business. And so the deeper the relationship we have, and it doesn't have to be a long-term relationship. I mean, you know, if you look at the, the volume of business that took place in 2021 and 2022, that's 40 years worth of businesses in some cases, right? So it just has to be, there has to be a relationship and there has to be a level of trust because someone at our, our customer is going to have to champion that partnering with Smith is the right thing. And sometimes what you find in corporate America, especially, is people just want to stay in their lane. You know, nobody wants to be, take a risk and for lack of a better term, try to be the hero, right? But if you partner with us, we're very receptive to what works for you. No, no two of our programs look alike or run alike. They're, they're all customer centric. And we, we like to think no matter how large we've gotten, that we have stayed as flexible and as nimble as we ever were when we were one office and 20 people. And when you have what we have at our disposal to service a customer, if the customer wants to engage with us at any level, it, it'll be a very positive experience for them because we only have one mission and, and that is to make our customers happy. You know, when you don't make a widget that somebody needs and basically you, you're a customer service information and logistics company, your customer service needs to be through the roof. And that's what we pride ourselves on. We pride ourselves on being there for our customers in any way, shape or form they need us. And I think a lot of our customers take great satisfaction that if there is a problem, there's a big company to come back on. And as I referenced earlier, I think that's one of the things we're proudest of after coming out of this tremendous run is how cleanly we emerged from that. Now, we didn't emerge from that cleanly because there weren't issues. We emerged from that because of all the experience we had in previous shortages of dealing with these issues. And Bob Lee and I were very keen on it will end. No one ever knows when it's going to end because I heard through most of 2022 how this shortage is going to run through 2025. And I did a bunch of eye rolls and went, yeah, okay, right. If you know when it's going to end, then you take my chair because no one ever knows when it's going to end. And when it ends, it ends quickly and it's over just like that. And I mean, I remember an early part of this year thinking, well, you know, it's slower. We're in Chinese New Year, but there's going to be a big bounce out of Chinese New Year. That was the word we kept hearing in the industry. It's going to bounce after Chinese New Year. It didn't bounce. You know, it, if anything, it got flatter. And, but that's, that's the beauty of this industry. You know, I, I, it's a catch 22 when it's busy, you have to be here to execute and take advantage of it. And when it's slow, you have to be here to execute and take advantage of whatever opportunities are out there. And um, that's the thing I love about this business is because you go to bed on a Tuesday and you think you're in a normal market and you wake up on a Wednesday and everything's broken loose and you're, you're in high cotton and, you know, but you got to be there. And the thing we preached our employees is, you have to be here. You have to be paying attention. We show up every day. We pay attention to our customers. We listen to what our vendors say. We provide accurate, real-time market information. You know, even if you're not supplying parts, you can supply real information. You'd be surprised how many times we get calls before people are meeting with manufacturers who are always painting 
the best case scenario for themselves in terms of you need to take all these parts and let me tell you why. And we get calls and people go, hey, you know, this is what OEMX is telling us. What are you seeing? And we're like, well, we don't see that. We, we got your back. We can fill the gaps. Listen, it's fun being a niche company. If it's a shortage, we thrive. If it's an excess market, we thrive. You know, what we try to do here at Smith is thrive in every possible market situation. And we've got people and groups of people around the globe that are paying attention. You know, we got people that all they do all day is focus on the CPU market. All they do all day is focus on the memory market. We've got people that all they do is focus on Texas Instruments, different commodities. It's like, it's it, it's really like being a kid in a candy store in a lot of ways, you know? I mean, we've grown this thing to a size where now we get to play in all the arenas. And that's the most exciting part because when we were a smaller company, and nobody likes, likes to gloat or talk about this, is like, we couldn't always do all the deals. You know, we couldn't, we didn't have the capital. You know, I, I, I remember turning deals away. I think you can tell by how long-winded I am. I'm a sales guy at heart, and I don't like to turn any deals away. We like to take all the businesses out there um, that make sense for us and our customers. And I think that's our strength right now is we don't have to do any deals, but we can do any deal. That took decades to get to that point. I mean, we used to feel pressured to take deals, deals that were maybe a little riskier. And we we're like, maybe that's not good business. You know, maybe this this is a th too thin a margin and too much money. And uh, now we just walk away from those deals. What we do is we do solid deals for our customers that are also make sense for Smith. If it's a win-win, we're all in. So, Mark, you, you said it yourself, no one really knows what the outcome of these cycles are going to be, when they're going to end, what the future looks like. But I'm curious, are there maybe cycle signals or things that you can look out for as, as an organization that could maybe indicate some changes are on the horizon? What should you keep an eye out for? Well, absolutely. Like right now, I mentioned earlier, uh, the memory market's starting to gurgle. It looks like we may be headed toward a shortage. You know, we got our first speculative buys this week and uh, we've been hearing and the notes we saw were people started saying hey uh the factory won't deliver more than was allocated to us and they were like okay that's a good sign and then you hear that they're not accepting certain manufacturers aren't accepting any new pc memory orders and you're like hmm, that's a good sign and then you go out there and you hear hey they're raising the prices in fourth quarter and you're like, wow, that's another good sign. And so, you know, all signs point to memory allocation. And so, listen, this company was built off of commodities. We did a lot of CPU business, a lot of memory business, a lot of hard drive and SSD business. And some of that business has been tougher because a lot of companies have now taken the commodity business and they've got them in man inventory management programs. And uh, it's a smart way to handle it. You know, that way you, you have the assurance of supply. But with the amount of business we've done in the last three to four or five years, and to think there hasn't been any significant shortages in some of the commodities. I mean, this last shortage, the thing that was unique about it was how many different manufacturers were affected. But not only that, was how quickly the prices increased. I remember talking to one of our purchasing uh, managers, and it was like literally day three of the shortage, and where he's like, I, I've never seen this in my life. Parts that were 40 cents two days ago are now going for $20. You know, and normally there's a creep. There's a price creep. This was an explosion. And and that I think that's what caught people more flat-footed than they'd ever been caught because, you know, normally you have a chance to 
read and react. And this was like, it's game over quickly. And you, you've got to now address some of the most severe overages you've ever faced in supply chain. And I'm listening. I hats off to our customers. I think most of them handled it as well as it could have been handled under the circumstances. But, you know, I always woke up every morning going, thank God my job isn't to get 150 board level components in the door to get something manufactured. We always felt like we're helping, you know, we're here, you know, you've got three parts you can't get. You've got 147 of the 150. We're going to bridge that gap for you and get you the three parts. Yeah. There's going to be overages because we don't make the market. We exist in the market. You know, as I always tell our employees, you can't control the market, but you can control your effort. And, you know, that's what we're never short on here at Smith is effort. And, and Mark, you've, you've touched on the memory market a couple times and, and I'm really curious looking ahead, what are the verticals that you see the biggest growth potential in? Now it sounds like maybe uh, memory market may be a little stagnant, but do you see any growth potential in, in certain verticals? Do you see any decline potentials in certain verticals? Well, you know, that's the, the beauty of our business is, you know, it's hard not to sit here and just be optimistic. I mean, computer chips are in everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, with the electric vehicle market expanding, I mean, that that's going to be a huge opportunity for Smith. AI, the amount of hardware that's going to be needed to support AI, I mean, my goodness, I mean, that's going to be, um, we really feel like that AI will be as big a disruption as maybe cloud computing was years ago, you know, when, and there'll be winners and losers. And, you know, what we try to do is engage with everyone and provide the same level of support. So no matter who wins, that we're engaged with them. And if people lose, then it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's just the nature of a competitive marketplace. Certainly, Electric vehicles and AI seem to be two of the things that we're at least out there on the horizon that we're excited about. So, Mark, the counterfeit issue is massive, and I know it certainly causes trepidation in every stakeholder within the industry. But I'm curious, how does Smith navigate the, the counterfeit market, and how do you provide assurance to those that you partner with? When you're out in the open market, your biggest fear is counterfeit. And, you know, counterfeit used to be a word that nobody wanted to use and we embraced it. We actually were the first company to go out there and go, Hey, yeah, counterfeit is a, is a real thing and you need to be scared of it. And it's one of the reasons you need to be coming to Smith. I mean, we've invested millions and millions of dollars in testing and we have four warehouses and all of them have huge testing capabilities. And not only do we do due diligence and trading on the front end with our vendor rating system where, you know, we don't just buy, you'd be surprised with Google, everybody thinks they have the supply chain at their fingertips. And, you know, a lot of these companies aren't real companies, you know, and they're not, and these aren't legitimate products. And, you know, we know that from 40 years of experience, but if you're sitting there and you're desperate for a part and Google says company ABC, who's not even a real company has it, it's real tempting when you're behind the eight ball to go, Hey, can you go buy these from company ABC? And then we have to explain, well, company ABC isn't a real company and these aren't real parts and they're, they may be remarks or whatever, but we've embraced the whole idea that yes, it's a dangerous world out there. And that's all the more reason to be engaged with us because our, uh, our quality controls on the front end before parts are procured and on the back end, once they come in the door and they're tested, 
There's not another company in our industry that comes close. And we always love it. We always encourage people to come take tours of Smith because once you've walked through and seen our capabilities, boy, good luck if you're our competitor because we know what they have and they don't have anywhere near where we have world-class testing. And Mark, I'm curious, having decades of experience in the industry, Smith has learned and acquired so much knowledge. How do you share that knowledge and experience with your partners? You know, when we're your logistics and an information company is market intelligence. I mean, listen, we're out there on the front lines every day, interacting in every way, shape and form. And we put together a market intelligence report that we send to our customers that I can only believe is very helpful to them because they don't see what we see. They're in their lane. They're dug in. They're usually have one commodity that they need or one thing they need to be worried about. And we've got hundreds of people around the globe that are just paying attention all day. And we take all that information globally and we compact it down into, you know, the cliff notes version and we provide it on a regular basis. I mean, when we have customers come to us going, Hey, can you just follow the life cycle of these three parts and just let me know if you see an uptick. And the minute we see an uptick, we let them know. And oftentimes they'll go, all right, that's what we thought was happening. And they'll do a speculative buy to provide themselves a little insurance. But I mean, there's no one who knows more about this market than Smith. And there's no one who can take better care of you in terms of quality control than Smith. And those are big differentiators for us. Mark, thank you so much for sitting down with us today and sharing your expertise and giving the Smith perspective to our audience. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Tyler. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovation Destination. Follow us online at supplychainconnect.com or find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest supply chain industry news. Do you have any questions or is there a topic you would like us to cover in a future episode? Please contact us at editors at supplychainconnect.com. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-S at supplychainconnect.com.